Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Finding Backcountry podcast. And this one is, this one's a topic that's been on my list uh, even, you know, for quite a while now since I started the podcast, because this is something that uh, not only interest me but i don't i don't know a ton of the of the real technical answers and there's so much so much that you can pull out of uh backcountry food topics so i reached out and i've got uh an expert that kept you know that i've seen a few guys that i know and trust that have you know kind of crossed paths through social media content and so i've got um kyle from uh, valley to peak nutrition how you doing man good dustin thanks for having me yeah yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Um uh, you know, this is this is obviously something that um, you know, as I kind of started this this little backpack food business, I wanted to start bringing more value to guys, but it's also something that um, you know, I think a guy like Kyle can really help us weed out some of the maybe the myths or things that we don't understand as just regular backpack hunters or guys that are, you know, packing food. And, um, so like I said, Kyle's an expert, what, um, Valley to peak Kyle, what, why have I seen you guys, your, your deal kind of pop up on social and guys talk about, um, your expertise relative to hunting and backpacking. That's a good, that's a good question. And I, you know, I don't know how, how far back you want me to go, but, um, so kind of a long story short, we are a, uh, we're, a, uh, so it's just me. I'm a dietitian by training. Um, and then obviously I, I developed my own hobbies in terms of being in the mountains later, learning how to hunt. It kind of started with backpacking and evolved into hunting and fishing and just kind of all the things that you do outside. And so combining both of those passions developed Valley to Peak about five or six years ago. I was a dietitian at a, a hospital for a long time before that. And really, the, like, I guess the core mission, if you wanted to call that, that's a little more, uh, it's a little more sterile than I like to define it as. But kind of the core mission is to help people prepare for and perform optimally in the mountains. And if I'm 100% honest with you, like I said, I didn't grow up doing a lot of this stuff. This was birthed out of my naivety of the type of exertion involved in the mountains, whether that's, you know, backpacking to backpack hunting, to doing ultras, doing ski touring, to do any of these things. And so years ago, when I set out to do my first um, backpack trip, I had a very terrible experience. And so I started thinking, well, you know, what if I apply my knowledge with performance nutrition, because I had already had that, that base. If I, if I apply that knowledge and my new understanding of how to move through the mountains and what that requires, what would that look like if, if you applied both of those? And so I did saw personal benefit in it, you know, just for my own pursuits and then, you know, grew in my own understanding of really what all is involved in being in the mountains and slowly 
like I said, just kind of merged both and developed uh, Valley to Peak, which is, is, like I said, helping people at either, you know, preparing to go on a big trip and, you know, preparation phases of that, as well as performing optimally. And so like what that would look like would be, you know, an example of a guy doing a 10 day sheep hunt, a guy or a gal doing a 10 day sheep hunt in Alaska. And, you know, what does it take in terms of nutrition to really fuel that and make the most of that um, that opportunity for all 10 days as opposed to going out for three days strong and then finding yourself the other seven days in camp because you can't move. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's kind of, that may have been why you've, why you've seen some things on, on social media and just super fortunate to have worked with the number of folks that we have and our names floated around a little bit, which I'm just incredibly humbled by. So was it was it the the hunting first and then the nutrition dietary stuff uh, after or was it vice versa like you kind of always been into the nutrition side before and then kind of dove into the hunting backpacking side? Yeah, that's a good question. So I grew up uh, grew up very overweight, lost 140 pounds when I was in my early 20s, and developed a passion for nutrition then and. I lived in the Midwest at the time and had always been a big fan of performance nutrition and the, you know, like the, the ball sports, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, all of those things. So, you know, the, the, the cool thing about nutrition is the, 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 the fundamental pieces of nutrition are pretty basic and they'll carry over into other realms of your life. So like the fundamentals of performance nutrition with a lot of those ball sports translate to some degree over into the mountains right and so my my i had already had the passion and the knowledge of the performance nutrition and just day-to-day nutrition prior to coming out here and actually what moved me i live in idaho and so what moved me to idaho was when you when you get trained to be a dietitian you do all of your schooling and then you know there's a computer matching system that basically places you in an internship or residency and so they matched me to a university in Idaho to do all of my clinical work and my supervised practice. And I thought, man, that sounds miserable, <laughs> but I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. I'll move back to the Midwest and, you know, just continue on with my life there and came out here and uh, met just a ton of really great people really quick. And, you know, they started saying like, Hey, we're going to, you know, every, everyone's hobbies when I moved here that I knew was the outdoors. So naturally that get invited and, you know, I'd say, yeah, you know, I don't have anything else to do after I'm done studying. So I'll go. And I just fell in love with it. So, you know, here I am almost 10 years later, <laughs> I still haven't left. So yeah, the, uh, the passion for the nutrition and even the understanding came first later, the backpacking and being in the mountains then later, uh, was the hunting, which is my father-in-law's fault, but that's another, another story. And you've, I mean, I was just kind of, you know, getting to know your Instagram better. I mean, you've been, it looks like you've been on some pretty technical hunts. I mean, what's some of the more technical backpacking style hunts that you've been on? That's a good question. I feel like I, you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes I feel like, you know, we all want to carry that trophy of, oh, I do the hard stuff, but everywhere I've been in Idaho has been really hard. <laughs> Everything's, you know, just kind of the areas that we tend to hunt is, um, very, very steep, very rocky and everything requires uh, a lot of effort. And we, you know, we recreate in those places too. So even if we're not hunting, if it's backpacking or mountain biking, et cetera, 
kind of tends to be the places that we go. So those of all, I mean, almost all of those have been challenging, which are mainly, you know, I, I don't do, done a couple of out-of-state hunts, but for the most part, there's so much opportunity here for me as a resident that I try to seize those as often as I can. Um, and almost all of it's like, you know, archery elk in September, general rifle in October. I've done a couple of late season hunts, um, but almost all of them have been d- d- challenging for me. Uh, and then, you know, even some backpacking trips most recently went to Alaska and did, uh, did a big hike in Alaska with a bunch of friends. And that was certainly a, uh, a degree of difficulty that was hard <laughs> that was challenging yeah. but i enjoy it you know i mean there's it's always and i'm sure you can probably attest to this too it's always miserable in the moment but man as soon as you hop on the airplane or back in the truck to come home you're like god i can't wait to go back <laughs> yeah yeah type two fun for sure absolutely yep well that that's a great intro man i mean just i i feel like you know you've gone you've it almost sounds like you've gone the full spectrum you understand obviously uh fat kids like me who you know overeat all year and then try to go do these extensive you know strenuous high intensity pack trips and um how that would apply you obviously probably gotten in better shape now and understand you know someone who's maybe more finely tuned and how they're you know someone with lower body fat percentage is going to react on a backpack type hunt and and everything in between so I think that's a man. It, I got lucky here. I think I got the perfect guest for this topic. So, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, as we jump into some of these technical uh, breakdowns and some of this this info, you know, it's always interesting because we we started doing seminars, um, backpack hunting seminars. Uh, years ago, we basically just weaseled our way into the Western Hunt Expo because we knew, you know. Uh, Mark, our buddy, and he knew some people and just, you know, and it, it was purely selfish because I, nobody wanted to hear from us. I just wanted to hear myself talk about it. And so, um, you know, we would go in and do these backpack hunting seminars and it, it turned out that other people liked, you know, talking about it and we would all sit in a room and hash it out for an hour and come up, you know, give, give uh, questions or answers on our experience and all that inevitably. And we would always try to do a heavy dose of Q and a, you know, gear, obviously guys would dive into that, you know, quite a bit, but food like backpack food was always, it's, it's really one of the inspirations for this, this little service, this business that I started because backpack food, you could tell was, was a big question for everybody. Like mm-hmm. whether it was how, you know, the, the, the main question, you know, that we will start with and then we'll dive into more technical stuff, but like how many calories do I pack? What do macros mean? Um, you know, what are all calories the same in the back country? Um, what, you know, what specific things like what food items should I bring? You know, what, how do you, what lunches are you taking? Right. Lunches always seem to be a hard one. Um, should I eat a big breakfast? Should I eat a small breakfast? All the, all the questions on food just nonstop um, over the years. It's always a, an interesting talking point for people, and they seem to get a lot of value out of it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's you know, I'm similar to you. This, this whole service that we're offering, um, is a, it was born out of necessity because I was a guy who needed expertise from a guy like you because I didn't you know, we just trialed and aired this thing for 15 or 20 years now, you know, and we just, 
we've made some dumb mistakes. We finally get some things right. We learned what we wanted, what we didn't want. But it was like, it was a lot of, you know, you get out on hunts, you're depleted. You had to leave early. You packed too much food, not enough food. You didn't feel like this made you feel that good. Why? I don't know, you know, or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, with that, with that little intro, um, you know, let's, let's start with the big basic question, right. Of like, how does it, how does someone determine how many calories specific, just generally how many calories they should pack on a backpack yeah. trip or a hunt? Well, I think you've already, you know, before even answering that, you've already highlighted what can make this so challenging, right. For not, not just for, not for, you know, I don't, I don't mean this in a, a demeaning way by any means, but not just for the general person, this can make it hard for me because, you know, like I said earlier, there are a couple of fundamentals with nutrition that are, you can't, you can't get around, right? They are an absolute, they, they exist and you have to learn how to deal with those couple of fundamentals. Beyond those fundamentals though, there is so much that has to do with an individual's preference and tolerance that they're, you know, there is no exact absolute for everyone, which is also why I just, I think meal plans that in and of themselves, like if someone were to come to me and say, Hey, will you write me a meal plan? I'll say, I can write you one, but I am telling you, you will ultimately be disappointed in that because of so many different factors, largely because of personal preference, the way your body responds compared to the way that another body responds. There's so many different pieces in it. And I would say, you know, for anyone listening that does get anxious about this topic, which is a large majority, to remember that there's a couple of basics, but beyond that, you're probably not doing it wrong if you've found something that already works for you. Yeah. With that said, it is really nice to have a general idea of what your what your body needs to fulfill the task at hand, right? Whether that's daily nutrition or backpack nutrition and we'll just stick to the topic of backpack nutrition because obviously that's what your folks your, your listeners are, are are interested in there's really three things that are going to play an important role in deciding where your baseline calorie needs come from for a backpack hunt number one is going to be the intensity of the trip the dirt number two is going to be the duration of the trip and then number three the the biggest wild card is going to be you personally. So like if we break these down a little bit further, the intensity of the trip, general rule of thumb, the greater the intensity, which usually translates to how steep is the country you're planning to be in and you know how much are you planning to move throughout the course of the day, the, the greater the intensity, the higher the energy demand, the greater the calorie need. And the same would be true when you think about duration. And we could we could basically say duration is total miles you plan to cover, right? So you could you could cover something steep, but if it's only a mile up to the glassing knob and you basically plan to sit in a saddle and glass forever, unless you see something you're not moving from there, the need still isn't that high. So the greater the intensity, the greater the duration or the greater the mileage you're planning to cover, the greater the need the greater the calories you're going to have to plan on that hunt. Well, and that's, yeah. So, so one little real life example of that and how I just, you know, like I said, years of just accidentally stumbling onto that. I realized that as I've progressed as a hunter, I, I, 
I was overpacking food. I was overpacking food from when I was back in my early 20s for a couple of reasons. One, I think you just probably burn more calories or need more. You know, you, you can take in more food when you're younger. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but more importantly, and what you said is as I progressed as a hunter, I was more selective on when and where I would attack some, you know, go on a stock, right? Especially mm -hmm. rifle hunting, but even bow hunting back in the day, if there, if it was a legal buck, I mean, within reason, like we were going after them. Right. And it mm -hmm. was, we'd get back in the back country, 10 miles and it was just helter skelter. If there's a buck here, we're going after it. Oh, and we would make two or three stocks a day, you know, losing 1500 feet vert, climbing back up a thousand feet, reglass this other basin. Oh, there's one, you know, take off after him, come back. I mean, it was just chaos. Right. And we mm -hmm. were, we got used to, you know, 3000, 3,500 calories or whatever. Well, now I'm so much more selective about what I'm going to even, you know, make an effort after that, you know, I can end up sitting at that glassing knob that you're talking about for days. And even if mm -hmm. I find, you know, cause the chances of finding that buck are slim. And even if I do find him, you know, especially if I'm bow hunting, he might not be in that exact location. Um, and so I don't even ever, you know, Anyway, I realized that, hey, I'm more in that like 2,500 calorie range, even for a backpack hunt, um, gets me by because my goals, you know, the way I hunt and the intensity changed. Yeah. And there, you know, like we'll, 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 I'll give some specific numbers. So there's something helpful in here for people to actually, you know, take and go use. But I think like what's important in, in, in this scenario that you just mentioned, because I could imagine someone listening to this and, and thinking like, well, geez, do I need to take like, do I need to take a couple of days at 2,500, but maybe have a contingency bag for 3,000 in case I get on a stock? In my opinion, just for the sake of saving yourself sanity, you almost have to have a good idea of what your baseline is, pack a daily food bag for that amount. And then just know that maybe there will be a day where you're carrying a little bit of extra. And, and I get it, right? I mean, we do this. And so I understand you want your pack to be as light as possible. You don't want a, bun a bunch of extra. But if you come out with a couple of uneaten bars, in my opinion, I'd rather be carrying around a couple of uneaten bars and know that I've got those if I need them than to wish I had them and had to come out early, right? So I'm always going to err on the side of, boy, I'd rather have just a little bit more than I might need than being uncertain if I've got enough, if I want to stay an extra day or if I get, you know, if I get on some giant pursuit that I wasn't necessarily pursuing, I don't have to wonder, is there enough in my backpack to get me out of here if I end up, if I end up killing this animal? So right? you, so, so sorry to, I'm in a word that's going to rabbit hole as I keep asking. Oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. This is so interesting, but. So, you know, with our, with our little builder, I'm, I'm obviously thinking relative to this little builder where you can, you can play with each, you can literally order. If you're going on a 10 day hunt, every single day could be a different day's worth of food. You would or would not, it sounds like, um, recommend, you know, having like three heavy days at 3,500 and then, you know, a bunch of days at 2,500 and then, you know, two or three days light at 1500 or something like that. You're more of a even kill possibly have to dig in and pull a bar from a, a you know a, an upcoming day's worth of food or something but more than likely 
you know, you can kind of start stacking a bar or two at the end or whatever, right? Like, is that kind of what you, what you would recommend? Well, so yeah, in a nutshell, yeah, because in my mind, like one of the, I think one of the hardest parts, one of the most rewarding parts, one of the most underestimated parts of my job is working with people, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what I've learned is complexity kills compliance. The harder you make something for someone, the more as they start to toe into this area, the more they're going to throw their hands up and say, look, this is way more complicated than what I feel like dealing with. I'm just going to take some trail mix and jerky and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. So rather than saying like, okay, have three heavy days at 35, have two moderate days at 28, have some low days in case you're glassing all day at 25. I, my suggestion is know your personal needs, which we'll talk about in a minute. Know the terrain and the average mileage you're, you're planning to cover and, you know, base your estimated need off of that and take every day off of that. Maybe, you know, it's a pretty good likelihood you're going to eat most of it. Maybe you don't. But on the case that you don't, worst case scenario we're talking about is on day five or day seven at the end of your hunt, you're walking out with a couple of extra bars and an extra bag of oatmeal, right? I mean, we're not talking about you're walking out with six extra liters of water that you right. didn't use and, you know, c carrying a ton of weight. And in my opinion, you're always going to have to balance. In my opinion, I'm always going to err on the side of, boy, I'd rather have it and not need it than wish I had it, but not, but I don't have it. But or let me rephrase that. I'm always going to err on the side of, I wish that I had something with me, but I, I think, you know, what I'm trying to say <laughs> I'm getting mixed up. I'm always going to wish that I, I'm always going to err on the side of carrying more so that I know that it's there as opposed to trying to skimp by, but then all of a sudden realizing, Oh crap, I really wish I had that. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, my experience is I'm, I'm never, I'm rarely like, well, I'm never, I'm never like, so there's times when I don't feel like eating, but there's never times where I'm like, I'm just stuffed. Like I couldn't eat yeah. another, you know, like very rarely am I just like, Oh my gosh, I packed so much food that I'm just sitting here stuffing my face until I can't, you know, possibly eat another bite again. It's more, it's the other way around. Like, okay, I'm getting the bare minimum of where I know I need to be, you know, to continue to perform. Um, it's not the other way around where I'm just like, Oh gosh, I've packed so much food. I can't put all this down. It's if I have it and I feel like I need it, I'm going to eat it. You know, there's always room to shovel it down on a backcountry hunt. It seems like, but yeah, in fact, I mean, I'm, I'm usually trying to put the reins on myself to right. not eat the entire day before two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> why, know, just... it's why these days worth of food that are all, you know, prepackaged and we used to obviously have to do these by hand and now, you know, you can yeah. order them that way from us, but um, you know, it's why these prepackaged days of food is, was such a big deal. Cause you know, we were that way. We would pack a whole thing of trail mix, a big family size bag. And it's like, well, that's about eight days worth. Well, you know, you get carried away one day or you're sitting glassing and you're just being lazy all day and you look down and you've eaten, you know, it's something that you love and you've eaten three quarters of the bag two days in, you know, and it's like, oh crap. Um, mm -hmm. you know, all my trail mix is gone, but if it's rationed out, so, okay. I like that. I like where this is going, man. Um, uh, you mentioned, so, so where, where did I get us off track? Um, intensity. So, 
Well, so yeah, so we talked about intensity, we talked about duration, I said there were three things. And the third thing is, is you, right? So the third thing that's going to determine how many, well, like, what's a good starting place for caloric intake on something like this is you and this is highly individual. And, you know, so there's going to be a number of things based off of this, it's going to be your height, your weight, your genetics, your age, there's, there's so many, this is the, the biggest wild card in the factor. And so like here in a little bit, you know, I want to be sure, like I said, to give people some suggestions to go off of those suggestions are the, the, the best worst thing that we could do, <laughs> right? Because you're trying to give individual, you're, you're trying to give something that is very specific to each individual to the masses and it doesn't work quite like that. However, we do have some numbers that we can give to the masses as a good starting point. And so we'll talk about that. But when you're one thing that I think is important to to consider is usually when you're making recommendations on caloric intake, you're making it on how many calories per pound of body weight. And if a guy is like I was, you know, 15 years ago, where I found myself at literally 140 pounds overweight, you have to you have to adjust these towards your lean body mass, not your total mass, right? Because if a guy is at like, you know, let's say a person, a guy or a gal, if a person is at 325, but ideally they feel more comfortable at 250, well, 325 at even the lowest intensity of hunts is going to be a 5,000, 6,000 calorie day. And you're not necessarily going to need that. You will be packing more food than you need. So you have to make some adjustments to think about, okay, Am I, am I at the weight that I normally feel comfortable at? Would I, you know, if, if not, is there a weight that I've been at in the past where I feel more comfortable at? And you might base your calorie need off of that as opposed to the extra that you may or may not be carrying. Does that, if that makes yep. sense? Yep. Yeah. So general rules of thumb in terms of how many calories does a person need? And again, this is the less than perfect solution if we're trying to down and dirty, give someone a quick estimate. We're going to base it off of the same, same things we mentioned just a little bit ago, intensity and duration. Lower intensity, lower mileage is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 calories per pound of weight. When the intensity goes up to a moderate and the mileage is moderate, so something like five to 10 miles or the intensity where you're covering, you know, you're getting a few hundred to maybe a couple thousand vertical feet each day. It goes between 17 and 20 calories per pound. And then for intensities that are really high or where daily mileage is above 10, you might ramp that up to even greater than 21 plus. Now, it's important to remember that these are starting points without me literally sitting down with an individual. It's really hard to say, okay, this is, I feel like this would be your number. I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a good case study in this. So for me, if I plug those numbers in, it's going to put me at a lower intake than what I actually take. So like if I were to plug even the 21 or like a lower number in the, between the 17 and 20 in, it puts me at roughly 3000 for an intensity level. I normally am taking about 4,500 calories on our Ooh. fall September hunts and still feel like I could eat at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> right. So again, it's important. It's really important to remember. These are some good starting points, kind of a 
kind of a, uh, you know, a, a place that you can begin to work from as opposed to just like taking a wild haired guess, but don't be afraid to modify this. And something that we always talk about with the folks that work in the Valley to Peak program is there's a big difference between what's practical and what's optimal, right? And so even if these numbers might be relatively optimal, don't be afraid to make it what's practical. Do you need more? Take more. If you feel like you need less, then you can take less. Yeah, and I'm 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 a good case study the other way cuz I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm sitting at like 230 right now. I'm 6'4" and a pretty a pretty slender built 6'4". I would I don't know, you know, that's a good question like what is my optimum you know, body, you know, yeah. what, you know, I I mean, when I ran around in high school, I was, you know, 170, 180 pounds. Um, you know, when I hit like college age, you know, early 20s and was started lifting a little bit and putting on some mass or whatever, I hit, you know, 200 or so. Um, so that, I mean, that's where I would feel, I would be, I'd be feeling pretty dang good at 200, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so if I run that at 200 at like your 17, that's at 3,400. That would be, I mean, if I was really working, that would be where I would be. Um, you know, that would be a heavy, that would be a, you know, that, that'd be a lot of food for me right now. But if I was, if it was a, if it was a moderate day's worth of, of work or hiking in or whatever, like I probably do eat that on my hiking days when I'm going, you know, six, seven, eight, ten 10 miles or whatever with, you know, your pack yeah. still 50, 60 pounds. So um, yeah. yeah, that, I mean, that, I like that. That's, that's a good, you know, starting point for sure. Yeah. So, okay. A anything else you want to touch on, on that? Just kind of that 16 ish for low 17 to 20 for kind of moderate intensity. And then that 21 mm -hmm. plus for those high intensity type deals. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how concise we want to keep this because I know we've got a couple of these like we want to cover. I don't want to dive off into another topic, but in terms of when when you're thinking about like when you're thinking about total calorie intake, that's a good that's a good place to start. And you know, like maybe a maybe in another episode because this is a topic in and of itself would be okay. Now that you know sort of the caloric need that you have. How do you how do you shake that down in terms of where those calories are coming from <laughs> that the, was, comp, the composition of those calories? That was actually the next question I was going to ask you. So can you do can you do the Reader's Digest version of that, and then maybe we go deeper into that on another one, or how do you want to attack that? Yeah, no, we can we can talk about that. So I would say if if someone cornered me in an elevator and said, "What's the biggest error people make in in backpack nutrition?" I would say. A, people will people will build their nutrition based off calories per ounce, right? So they they will pay attention to nothing else. They'll find they'll try to find the the highest calorie per ounce foods that they can, stuff that in their backpack, and then go hunt or do a trip or whatever. And the idea behind that is is okay. Well, as I, it gives me the most calories that I can possibly consume for the lightest amount of weight. And I understand the appeal for that, but calories only matter for performance when they're coming from the right places, right? And so the three main places that we get calories from on a hunt like this or, or backpack like this, backpack trip like this would be carbs, protein, and fat. 
What's unique about the composition of where you get your calories is each of those have a single responsibility in the world of, of, of physiology as well as in the world of performance nutrition, meaning they each have a fundamental purpose for sustaining life and for sustaining performance, whether that's one of the stick and ball sports we talked about earlier or it's, it's performance in the backcountry. So the game becomes, once you know your calories, really the calories are a little more irrelevant than where those are coming from. So the game becomes parsing out what percentage of each of these categories do I give to my total calorie allotment so that each one is doing its individual job. So Reader's Digest version of each individual job would be Carbohydrate, the main responsibility is for energy. Fat, the main responsibility is for the transport of hormones and fat-soluble vitamins. The main responsibility for protein is growth, recovery, and repair. So the game becomes, of the calorie need that I've been told that I have, how much do I give to carbohydrates for energy? How much do I give to fat for uh, transport of hormones as well as fat-soluble vitamins? How much do I give over to protein for recovery? during this hunt right and so if the, the real game is if you're dosing those numbers right if you're giving a certain amount of your calories over to each of those categories to fill their need you will achieve what is quote unquote optimal performance for you right and i mean there are some bottlenecks there right like genetics all of us would like to swim like michael phelps but mm -hmm. <laughs> he is who he is because of genetics so we're not all going to perform but you are going to, you know, get your maximum genetic potential in terms of performance nutrition. Like the whole reason to really dial in these numbers would be you're able to see what your genetic and training potential is to, to, to hike as fast and as far and as long as you could. Right. And so there's a lot of things that go into that even beyond adequate nutrition. So you could have the best nutrition plan in the world laid out. But if your training hasn't been adequate or if your training was incorrectly done, right? Like if you didn't set a base and then tease that out progressively over time to build endurance and you just did a bunch of random high intensity stuff, you, your nutrition could be great. Maybe you recover quick on a hill climb, but you can't climb, you know, you can't hike 15 miles each day for seven days to save your life because there's no endurance base, right? So that's all to say all of these things, you know, what I, I guess what I don't want to say is I don't want to paint the picture of even, you know, if you've got a great nutrition plan laid out, you'll be able to go all day every day. That's true if you've trained for it. But if you skipped the training component, even the best nutrition plan is not going to save you. So I love this, you know, and, and, and when we built this, what, and again, I'm, I'm constantly going back to this feature that we have on the website where guys can add food and it tracks their, all the stuff that you said, the calories, the calories per ounce, the weight, but then it also, we knew that the macros were important. I'll be honest. I don't completely understand how and why they're important, especially relative to a backcountry hunt. So, so, so maybe this is a good way to ask this. Like, what is an example of a bad calorie food that a guy might find in his pack well i mean there's i don't know that there is going to be a quote unquote any any options not going to be bad right 
there will be some that are better than others. I think a really prime example of this would be protein. The So maybe second biggest error that exists in the world of backpack nutrition is protein gives me energy. I need to take a lot of protein when I'm backpacking or when I'm backpack hunting and or I'm going to take a lot of protein because my muscles are working so hard and I want to recover them in the backcountry. The amount of protein needed to recover a muscle versus grow a muscle is different. And although everyone I've ever met wants to build bigger muscles, <laughs> that's not why you're out on these hunts, right? So protein's very hard to get into the backcountry, but beyond, you know, jerky, tuna packets and dehydrated ground beef, ground elk, whatever, and in your evening meals, not only is it challenging to get back there, you simply don't need as much as most people are taking because, again, the, I, the main job of protein is not energy. In fact, it's a very poor energy source. The main job of protein is to repair the muscle to allow you to hunt tomorrow, which is much lower than the amount needed to grow the muscle that you've been trying to target in the months leading into a hunt while you were training. So most people take too much protein and most people are under the assumption that protein is going to be a really great energy source for them. And it's, it's, it's not, it's actually a really poor energy source. So in your, you know, if we, if we paint that in the context of your question, I guess we could answer it like this. If you've got, you know, 50% of your total calories coming from protein, I'm not going to venture into the world of saying it's bad but it's not going to work nearly as good as giving some of those protein calories over to carbohydrates, especially if the duration and the intensity of the hunt is very, very high. Yeah. This, this, you know, and I, I know I'm just enough to be dangerous, but this gets into the, the any other high, long, long, uh, duration, you know, uh, marathons, right. My, my wife runs all these halves and full marathons and ultras and, you know, fifth, you know, whatever, 50 K's and all that. And at, at the point where they are just exerting themselves for hours and hours and hours, like similar to what you could end up doing on a, you know, six, seven, eight, 10 mile backpack trip, especially if you've, let's say you've knocked down a buck and you've got to um, make multiple trips or a bowl or something, right. Where you're just hiking all day and it's, it's relatively low intensity at times. Cause you're just cruising on a flat trail but it's just constant over and over. That's where those like almost like simple carbs, right. Are going to kick in and give you that burst of energy, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm butchering the technicality of why, you know, of all that, but it, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to slam a piece of jerky on a 50 K in the middle of a 50 K and you wouldn't want to necessarily be slamming jerky in the middle of your hike, but that's what a lot of people, that's what we do, right? We take a break and we pull out a piece of jerky and it's like, oh, this is gonna, you know, <laughs> like you said, and really you should be sucking on a, you know, an energy packet or something like that, or, or fill in the blank, you know, you, you would know better than I would obviously, but, um, am I, but, am you're, I, but you're painting, yeah, you're painting the, you're, you're, you're painting the right scenario, right? And that's, that is, that is very true is like, you know, even another example, even if you're not, I mean, if you're hauling meat, that's an entirely different scenario because now you're under load, the intensity increases even more. And then you start talking about tapping into different energy systems. And I always try to, I'd like to keep things super basic. I mean, these are like seven different podcasts that would be awesome, <laughs> but, 
but you're 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 painting a good you're painting a good scenario and i think another good one would be like man I, unfortunately i found myself in the situation where you shoot something you don't kill it right away and you're tracking it forever because there still is a you know there still is a blood trail you look up and it's been five hours and you know seven miles and you're like God, i gotta sit down for a minute and eat something yeah and and but to your point yes you you know you pull out i mean i can't tell you how many times i've talked to someone or or been on a hunt and some guys like man i just need to get something to eat and pull out some summer sausage that they've made from a mm -hmm. from last year's deer or something and it's like man you're going to need a little bit more than that and specifically this goes back to the comment of the calories only matter if they're coming from the right thing. So even though, yeah, you're packing in calories and the body is dynamic, it can convert fuel sources, right? So if you're providing it protein, it has the ability to take that protein and convert it into what it needs, which is carbohydrate. But in my mind, why make it harder? Just supply it with what it needs so it's able to operate optimally. And this and to some degree goes back to what we talked about earlier, where, you know, it's on the, it's on the, um, it's the responsibility of the person to tailor this and make it their own because they may rebuttal with, well, you know, I've tried X, Y, and Z food that you're telling me to try and it didn't sit well with me. This, you know, X, Y, and Z food sits better with me. In that case, you should tell me to just to shut my mouth and you should do what you know works for you. Right. But if we're looking at, if we're looking at it from a science standpoint and we're looking at it from, you know, anecdotally from what folks like your wife, you know, who are ultra runners as well as folks that I've worked with and, and other, other people doing long endurance stuff say, and what science would suggest. Yeah. When, when you really sit down and you put attention to where your calories are coming from, Meaning among those three groups, not so much what food options you're choosing. Like it's not really necessarily about choosing whole foods or processed foods or nothing like that. When you're looking at it from a number standpoint and how your calories are divided among proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, if you are dosing each of those correctly for the endeavor in front of you, you will get nutrition will not be your limiting factor. We'll say it like that. Mm, fascinating. Um, so to simplify it even more, let's say a guy's building a day's worth of food and you're look and you're watching those macros, the, again, the pro, uh, you know, fats, carbs, and proteins, you know, start stacking up. Like, is, is there, do you have like that kind of just generic ratio? Is there some, you know, something, a ratio a guy should try and be trying to hit that they can plug and play with? Is there, you know, yeah. one, one answer that's better than another there? That's a really good question. So this gets a little even more hard, and here's here's why. Like, let's take so in general a general split that people will often throw out there is fifty percent to carbohydrate, twenty five percent to fat, twenty five percent to protein. For for this type of like endurance backpacking type set scenario, you mean? Ge yes, generally speaking, in in this type of scenario, and as as well as in day to day nutrition. Okay. Now that's not right. So don't, no one go write that down. <laughs> I'm going to scratch it out right now. <laughs> and, and here's, here's why. If you take me, for example, at 4,500 calories per day and you tease out even 25% of my calories going to protein, that's almost 300 grams of protein per day. So not only could I never carry that in a day's food bag into the backcountry because most protein requires some kind of refrigeration. Number two, it's 
literally almost triple what I need. It's not offering me any value. Number three, protein's notoriously hard on the gut. It slows digestion. So it's delaying fuel getting to me. So it's, it's, it's compromising things even at a, even at a performance level beyond just where the numbers are coming from. So it's hard to really split it among percentages and it's almost easier to know grams, right? So you can dose carbs, proteins, and fats based on grams and get more accurate than basing it on percentages because the grams are based by weight. But grams is complicated for most people. Like if you were to just, if I were to give them calculations, most, we go back to that complexity kills compliance comment. Most people would say, screw this. I'm just getting jerky and trail mix and I'm going hunting. (laughs) So if you really, really kind of wanted to tease it out, what I would say is start with carbohydrates, give yourself somewhere between 40 and 60% of your total calories coming from carbs, give yourself protein based off of weight, and then just let fats fill in the gap. So is, right? So yeah, oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm just curious if there is kind of jumping to the punchline, is there like a a superfood item, whether we carry it or not. And if we don't, and it's, and it's your answers, then I'll bring it in or figure out a way. But, um, are, are there a couple examples of like, Hey, this is a real, you know, cause, cause what I, what I, what I'm picturing in my head is there's like individual, there's, 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 you know, whatever jerky and there's, you know, a, a waffle, you know, uh, honey stinger and there's, but, but is there like a, you know, is there a bar is it like, like what's the best plan of attack to cross yeah. all these boxes off? And, and what are some examples that you really like, you know what I mean? Is it like, there, so there's, there's not right. Like, so you think about the, you think, and I hope you don't mind me calling out specific products, but no. you think about like the green, be- the green belly uh, bars or whatever they are, where they're like 900 calories, supposed to be 33.3% of your daily nutrition, blah, blah, blah there is the problem with that is that there is that just doesn't fit the bill 33% of who's because everyone's going to be different right and so you do almost and again if we're talking about optimal because most guys are, may write off optimal for the sake of practical and i would understand that but ideally you're going to have an understanding of what foods carry the you know what what uh, of the foods that I could potentially take backpacking in that I like, where do the macros fall for each of those, right? Like, so let's take nuts, for example. Yeah, there's a little bit of protein, there's a little bit of carbs, but they're predominantly fat. Honey stinger waffles, yeah, there's a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs, but they're pre- or a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat, but they're predominantly carbohydrate. Really, you're trying to focus, you're, you're almost trying to compartmentalize each of those and make sure that you meet the minimum threshold to reach those goals. So there's not any super, there's nothing that I would tell you that I'm like, I just love this product because it gets me there. I tend to rely on things like, uh, like an electrolyte, a high carb electrolyte mix to meet a large majority of the carbohydrate needs. And I just use Gatorade, Gatorade and Tang, nothing bougie. It's just a way for me to get some carbs in without having to rely on, um, you know, because obviously one thing you're thinking of, especially if you're packing in for a bunch of days, is volume, right? I mean, there's only so much space in your pack, so you've got to take into consideration 
yeah, you could take 75 bags of bagels, but your whole bag is going to be bagels. So you have to think about volume too and what's going to be logistically the easiest way for me to get things in. So tend to rely on a lot for uh, electrolyte mixes and things like that for carbohydrates as well, right, well as my main. Right, right off the top of my head, um, and we don't have it yet as a product offering, but we could add it real easy. Um, Mountain Ops has uh, just a straight-to-mouth electrolyte stick, and I've I've used them. Um, you know, they're – I don't – you know, they're, they're not a tasteful thing. You know, you almost want to get it down real quick, and I usually mix it with some water anyway in my mouth or whatever. Well, since you – since you already said that, I would theirs is low in carbs, right? So the 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 entire when you look at electrolyte mixes, you have to make sure like most electrolyte mixes are geared towards consumers. The hot topic in consumerism right now with nutrition is low carb. So there's the entire reason for buying one is now off the table. You have to find one that has high carb intake in it to even make it worth considering. Because if you bring a whole bag full of low carb electrolyte mixes. Well, great. Now you've got a lot of salt, but you've got no carbs, which is the main thing that's going to drive your energy. Right. So you have to, you sort of, you do have to be aware of, of the, the nutrition, but things like nuts and nut butter packets. And, you know, those are going to be great ways to fill the, uh, fill the fat. I get most of my carbs, like I said, from the electrolyte powders and then my three main meals as well as something quick acting like gummy bears, right? And so I'll just keep those in my hip belt. So if we are hunting, if we're hiking, nobody's having to stop for me. I can reach in my pack, throw a mouthful in every hour. Now, uh, so so that being said, let's say that you're throwing your gummy bears and you pop uh, one of those, you know, electrolyte sticks or whatever. Is that checking off that box? Because... I love gummy bears. You know what I'm saying? And so if like, it, it's like a, it's like a feel good food for me in the backcountry. So, you know, if mm-hmm. I can get that through a gummy bear and just sit and chew on something like that and dump my carbs down my mouth without really realizing it or whatever at the same time, you know, then that, th- that's not an overly bulky, you know, items of food to pack right there. I mean, those little sticks are tiny, you know, um, I'm just, well, I'm just put piecing it together. Like, is that, yeah. Is that checking your box, you know? Yes. I mean, so perfect case scenario. There was a, a really great guy that I was working with a couple of years ago, had went on a number of pretty, uh, uh, not pretty, they were very, very demanding hunts and noticed he could not get any nutrition down. He had some other things going on too. And so because of that, my suggestion with, to him was to get almost to take no food and to almost no food and take only these high carb drink mixes. And that changed everything for him. Right. So now all of a sudden he could tolerate what he was putting down, which made him perform better and enjoy everything much more. Right. So to your point, and that's not a praise to me, it's to say, yeah, if you wanted most of your carb intake to be from an electrolyte mix and gummy bears. You could swap those out rather than taking bagels and other things, right? The numbers are going to matter more than where they are coming from. Now, someone's probably, you know, punching their radio right now saying something about whole foods and organic foods and quality and nutrient density. Those things can matter. And if someone feels better eating really nutrient dense, high quality foods, then that's what they should do. But at the end of the day, 
the body's recognizing nutrition more than it is like, oh, this is Gatorade. So I'm going to cause some sort of, you know, made up inflammatory process to happen to you in the back. Those things are largely made up in our minds. There are a lot of complexities that go into whether or not that's true for everyone. But the name of the game becomes the numbers more than this moral association that we attach to food. And again, you can't overestimate, you can't overstate the role a person's preference plays into these things, yeah. right? So that's a very, very important piece of this. And if a person says like, well, I've done what you're saying, Kyle, and I didn't feel good. I've done better doing this opposite thing. My suggestion to them would be, you should keep doing the opposite thing, regardless of what I say, or regardless of what science says, because you've tried it and you know that that's what's true of you. Yeah. Nothing beats that experience. Yep. Hmm. Uh, man, fascinating. And, and, and I, I, I just, I went for broke and we kind of skimmed over everything with, with honestly, with the hope that, you know, we come back and maybe we dive into one of these specific topics, uh, you know, and then the next one and the next one, we dive way down the rabbit hole, um, you know, more, more inclusively, but man, that, I mean, just, that was, a, if nothing else, that right there, like, you know, that, that will help a ton of guys preparing, you know, for backpack food and, uh, for, you know, their trips and stuff like that. But, um, so maybe here to, to wrap up, you, you had a funny, um, so the gummy bears got brought up a lot when I asked on Instagram and we don't have time for a lot of these, but, um, what, what is with the gummy bears? I, I, my inner, <laughs> the, uh, couple guys, Chad Ver, Verlinick and, uh, W Tijan, they're, they're both asking about the gummy bears. And, you know, my introduction to gummy bears was actually when I got pretty, I don't want to say power lifting, but like lifting really heavy. And one of the guys that I followed, um, condoned and encouraged, uh, simple sugars, specifically gummy bears within like 30 minutes after doing some heavy lifting at the gym. And, and it was, you know, something to do with the, you know, the, the, you know, for someone who wasn't looking to put on, you know, excess body fat or whatever at that, you know, your, your muscles had been worked so hard that it what you weren't really at risk. And it was a simple sugar that, you know, I, I, again, you're the expert, so you'll be able to explain a lot better than me, but that was my introduction to gummy bears. Um, what's your, what, you know, again, what's with the gummy bears that, that was somebody's question. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So uh, the, the gummy bears actually goes back to the very first podcast I ever did when Valley to Peak, like literally just started. And the, you know, the reason it sort of took off and is now basically synonymous with Valley to Peak is people couldn't fathom why someone who's a dietitian you know, generally dietitians are, you know, you should eat more carrots and more tomatoes and more bananas and fruits and vegetables. So they couldn't, un they, I mean, it just blew people's minds that a dietitian was saying, go eat gummy bears. And the reason I was encouraging it on that podcast and, and I'm such an advocate of it now, like even, even when someone joins the program, they get a welcome packet with a shirt and there's a small packet of gummy bears in there. <laughs> is precisely kind of what your friend alluded to at the gym. So there are a very fast acting carbohydrate that will quickly supply energy when you need it. And so this is especially relevant. Like I said, if you've been hiking for a while, you don't have time to stop and eat, but you can tell you're needing some fuel replacement. If you want to keep going, 
this would be the equivalent of the marathoners goo or shot block or whatever. And I am just a giant fan of using everyday, normal, inexpensive stuff to fit the bill as, as, as opposed to super expensive, formulated, heavily marketed quote unquote sports performance products. So the, the general rule of thumb is this is a very quick way to give someone energy prior to a big climb or if they notice that they haven't eaten something in a while or, you know, any of those other scenarios. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Nat, so kind of along those same lines, because that's kind of a an artificial, not, would you consider that a natural or an artificial source of of sugar? Well, I mean, so that's the other miracle behind it, right? So this is a real deep dive. When you talk about, when you talk about carbohydrate absorption, whenever you have multiple different types of sugar in a formulation, the body tends to take more of it up, which translates to greater performance because of how many carbs you can metabolize as intensity increases. That's a very clinical way of saying you get more bang for your buck when you eat something that has multiple different types of sugars as opposed to just one. Is it artificial or is it natural? Well, you're probably calling natural something like honey or agave or whatever. So in that sense, it would be understood by most people to be artificial. However, whether you literally have your own bees in your backyard, the body, when it metabolizes the carbohydrate, converts it into one of three simple sugars for absorption. So in some senses, that that argument of artificial versus natural versus whatever, your body's like, dude, I don't know. All I know is that you've given me X amount of carbohydrate from a fast-acting sugar, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the juice to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and that's what I mean. Like this, this is such a good full circle completion to end it on in saying – there are a couple of basics that we simply can't get around when it comes to the world of nutrition. Beyond that, it's a lot more simple than what you're reading on most Facebook forums. <laughs> yeah. Love it. A uh, c- couple more here, just quick ones. Uh, is it cheaper to dehydrate meals or buy, you know, already made from a store? And this, you know, I don't know how much of the like self dehydration uh, type preparation you go into or know about, but yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you want me to say this because you just opened a business giving. No, I'm I'm not. Stuff. Listen, I it's, mean, I my day job, I work at a place that sells what you would consider as an overpriced rifle that people buy all the time because we're not <laughs> we're not selling rifles necessarily. We're selling time. And we're selling the expertise of having it all set up, ready to go out of the box. Right. And that's exactly what we're offering people is it's not to say that doing it yourself might not be cheaper. I don't care about that. We're convenience and less friction for guys. That's a great clarification. And, and to answer the question, it is way cheaper to dehydrate your own. I mean, it's basically the cost of a normal dinner at home. And you'd said, well, I don't know how, how much you know about this. I wrote a, so I wrote a guide on it, on how to dehydrate. And so I was, I was like everybody else. I was buying the packaged stuff, which was great. I had no problem with the taste. I had no problem with the nutrition in it, but I was spending, I was spending enough time in the field each year that it was expensive. And I wanted the versatility to make my needs match my numbers. Like we've talked about this whole podcast. 
I had so many questions that I couldn't find answers to that I just bought a dehydrator and I started doing it and I started documenting what questions I had and what the answers to those were. And I wrote a guide. So the guides uh, for sale on the website, it's 10 bucks. So it's my goal was to write this guide that answers all of these questions to get people started as well as recipes, as well as talking about how to go stoveless. If you're interested with that, I wanted to be able to write it for less than the price of one of those backpack meals that you could buy at a store. So if you know that, it, 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 and that's not even a sales pitch. If you're, but if a person is interested in that, that's there. If what, they're not, what is that? I will just the, just sidestep real quick. What is that website? Yeah. It's uh, it's our website, which is v2pnutrition.com. And if you, uh, the number two is, is the two in that. And if you go to the resources tab, you'll see DIY dehydration guide. Yeah, no, I like that doesn't scare me at all for a couple reasons. The, the first one I already mentioned, I understand, you know, who and why we're targeting certain people. Um, the other one is, listen, it's really simple on our, on our builder because dehydrating your dinner meals is one thing. Guys aren't typically running, you know, dehydrated eggs and bacon through their thing. And if they are good for them, and if not, they're usually throwing in, you know, an oatmeal or something like that in the morning and then, and then lunches too, and then snacks. Right. And so go get your dehydrator, spend the hours and hours dehydrating your meals and buying all the packaging and do it all yourself and then jump on and, or, and select none on the dinner option for our builder. Yeah. And build out the rest of your day's food. They're obviously, they're going to come vac sealed in that day's worth of food and your dinners would kind of be separate or whatever. But, you know, you could, you could go get all the rest of the, of the pieces to the puzzle and go dehydrate your own meals, which obviously is the big expense. You know, if you, if a guy adds a breakfast and a dinner to the builder, I mean, it's, you're going to hit, you know, 40, 50 bucks possibly on a day's worth of food. Uh, cause those are, you know, 15 bucks a pop or whatever they are. So, um, yeah. there's a lot of ways to skin that cat and still save a bunch of money, um, and still well, get the benefits of using our service too, you know? And to your point, you know, it, it, the, the question was, is it less expensive? It is less expensive, but you also have to think about your time cause it is yeah. a lot more involved. I mean, yesterday, um, I was doing some reloading for October and a friend had kind of, I'm new to it and sort of set me up with everything. And he's got a you know, an automatic feeder and scale. And I was doing it by hand and he's like, you can buy one of these, but, and I was like, well, this isn't too bad. He's like, you got to remember time is money. And I was like, that (laughs) is very true. So yes, it's, it's less expensive and I enjoy the process. So it's not tedious to me, but for others, it is more involved. It's not, it's not hard. And that's what the guide paints the picture of. It's not hard. It's not complex. In fact, it's a lot easier than what you probably would even expect, but you do have to plan. You do have to get it out. You do have to clean it. You got to wait six hours. You know, there, there is some more steps beyond jumping on a great website, adding a product to a cart, as well as the rest of your food bag, hitting send, and now you're set for the whole month. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love it. Um, and then the last question here to print, maybe, maybe uh, conclude this, you know, for once and all or once and for all here is I have to ask <laughs> this because it's from my wife sent it in. Uh, some, <laughs> what may, maybe a good lesson learned the hard way relative, you know, to maybe backpacking food or a good, you know, short story about. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, lesson learned the hard way. 
the first, I mean, the first thing that came to mind when you said that was what I'd mentioned earlier, which was that backpacking, my first backpacking trip. Um, there's some high lakes here in Idaho, and the plan was to go to the saddle above those high lakes, which just sits um, below one of the more prominent peaks here in Idaho. Never been backpacking, had all synthetic everything, carrying a fleece, carrying cans of tuna. I mean, just everything heavy and wrong. Made it to that first lake and not even to the saddle. And I hit a wall very, very hard. And it was then that I really started to understand. This was years ago, but it was then that, you know, that exposure that then made me understand what's truly involved for these people going out in the mountains. And frankly, I think if I had not gotten involved in that, I would be very in uh, unhelpful in my job, right? Because otherwise you're working with numbers and, and, and that's just, like I said earlier, this is the reason online calculators are just terrible in terms of using as a, as your sole source of trying to figure out your personal nutrition. They are, they are not factoring in everything that goes into an individual and output is one of those things. And like a, a backpacking trip or a backcountry hunt you can't really understand what's involved in that unless you do it. And so that was a very, very hard lesson that I'm, I'm so glad I learned very early because um, from then on, it's just allowed me to continue to learn and change and to be able to, you know, so I love my job and so grateful to be able to work with the folks that I do and, and try to help them enjoy it as much as I do in terms of like, there's a big difference between just going on a trip and surviving it. And going on a trip and genuinely loving every minute of it. Surviving versus thriving. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Hey, this like this is this was way better. You know, I don't want to say I took a risk because I was obviously getting, you know, free info from you, but you know, I just kind of <laughs> went with my gut and was like, man, this is just this feels like the right guy to have on for this topic. And I freaking nailed it. Um, like <laughs> you, I can tell oh, you, you just have a wealth of knowledge and uh, practical, you know, real life. You're not just, you know, you've, you've done it. You've been on some backpack trips and you understand and you've, you know, you've gone through it and you have the, obviously the, um, you know, the educational background side of it down. Um, so need to get you back on as quickly as possible or, um, you know, just pumping, pumping some content to people, um, in any way we can. So, but yeah, man, I want to give you credit just for taking the time out and, and having an expertise on something that is very much misunderstood. I think, you know, we, I mean, we debunked like 15 things that I was like, Oh yeah, that's like standard <laughs> operating procedure. And it's like, well, maybe, um, you know, did you think about this? And so, um, yeah, I want to give you credit for that knowledge and expertise in your field. So. Well, I really, I really appreciate it. That's kind of you. And I, I love doing things like this. So I appreciate you having me on and, um, you know, I'm excited about the business that you've started and think that it'll be helpful to folks and yeah, we'll keep on planning to do these and, uh, you know, I'm happy, happy to help however I can. Where, where can people go specifically, um, to, you know, get more info on you and, and utilize the, just like more to the, more of the day-to-day -day services, uh, of your regular lives that you're offering. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is, uh, everything is under V2P nutrition with the two being the number. So it's Valley to Peak Nutrition is the name of the business. 
b2pnutrition.com. All of the social media handles are B2P Nutrition. We've got a, a bi-weekly podcast that comes out specifically on all these different components of nutrition called the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. And as you can tell, man, I'm I'm kind of a kind of a one trick pony. I'm not real creative. I I you know if you want any information outside of nutrition, I'm probably not your guy. But I do love and I'm and incredibly passionate about the topic of of the outdoors and nutrition. So yeah, if anyone's interested, there's my goal has always been to provide as many free resources for people as humanly possible. Um, knowing too, you know, pr- also providing a service for someone who says, uh, I've kind of exhausted the free resources. I feel like I need a little more help. Would you be like you said, would, would you spend some time with me evaluating this at a one-on-one level and giving me some suggestions? So, you know, there are, there are coaching options, which is a word that I hate, but it's something people are familiar with. Uh, and there's tons of free resources. So I've really just tried to provide as much help for people as possible, no matter what they're looking for from, you know, basics to in-depth stuff. Awesome. Yep. Goes, goes, hopefully goes right in line with, with what we're trying to do is, you know, I've been running this podcast for no apparent reason for, you know, years and, (laughs) and just, you know, not, nothing groundbreaking, but posting up, try to post up some, you know, Hey, you know, when you're backpack hunting, think about this. And like I said, the seminars and, you know, articles here and there, and just all the same, all the same principle. So, um, I, I it makes me feel even better about, uh, helping you and promoting your, your stuff. Cause you're obviously, uh, you're, I, it's the 5149, right? You're trying to give back more than you take. And I appreciate that. So, mm, Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate cool, man. it. Yep. Let's do this very soon. And, uh, you and I circle back and, uh, hopefully get some more content from you because we need it. Yeah. Happy to help, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackCountry.com.